This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. My name is Alex and I am an entrepreneur. I know we'll be alright. I know we'll be alright. I know we'll be alright forever. I guess I kind of fell into it. I didn't really like know, you know, I didn't come out of the womb being like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going to have a business. Um, But I uh, obviously have loved music ever since I can remember. And ever since I can remember, the only thing I ever wanted to do was make music. And I wanted to share that music with other people and I wanted to perform for other people. And uh, obviously, as I as I grew up, I stuck to that. And I moved out to Los Angeles when I was 14, um, going on 15. I, you know, I met my managers, which I still have to this day, and we got working immediately. And I never really saw it as anything other than like following my dream. I didn't really put the business aspect into it. I didn't really put the money or financial aspect into it or the other responsibilities outside of writing music, performing that music and kind of being a a musician. And it wasn't until I started signing contracts and I had to create LLCs and I got a business manager to help work with me on on taxes and all of these things that I realized, wow, I'm actually like a businessman. This is pretty cool. And I started taking meetings. um, And now to this day, I'll take meetings as as an investor or I'll take meetings as a consultant or I'll take meetings as uh, still as an artist, obviously, or a writer or a producer or any of those things. And, And I realized kind of throughout this process that not only am I a musician or an actor or a writer or a producer, I'm also an entrepreneur. You know, I have a business and now that I have a business, I have to, you know, pay employees and I have to, you know, have insurance and I have to cover, you know, um, unemployment, like a lot of things that I never realized I would ever have to face. And it's really, really interesting because especially in today's world with social media and you have your Gary V's and your Grant Cardone's and, and all of those incredible sources of information to help you kind of get your business off the ground and follow your dreams and, and chase real true happiness based off of, you know, what your passions are in life. 
I'm seeing more and more entrepreneurs left and right, and they're looking for, you know, for answers or for pathways. And so I thought this episode would be really, really amazing to do because it could help anybody who's a listener who is maybe at a job they hate and has a real passion in life or anybody who, you know, they have an idea in their head and they want to take it to the next level or they want to start their own business or they want to chase something that isn't kind of the regular nine to five clock in and clock out. And so I wanted to do this episode featuring two amazing entrepreneurs and just kind of get a feel for what it really means to be an entrepreneur. So that got me thinking, what does it really mean to be an entrepreneur? Welcome back. This is Let's Get Into It. I'm Alex Iono, and we are talking about entrepreneurship. I'm so hyped about today because maybe I'm wrong, but I think a lot of listeners or a lot of people on earth right now are on the fence about starting a new business. And there's everybody doing everything from Forex to trying a new company to drop shipping to, you know, flipping or garage sales and, and all of these things. And so I think this episode will be amazing to talk to two people who have experience in being an entrepreneur. But I want to introduce you to them right now. Um, First off, I have an MBA holding Harvard Business School alumni, studied economics at Smith College and at the London School of Economics. She's also the owner of Kahawa 1893 Coffee, and she's working to revolutionize the global coffee trade from the ground up. The one and only Maggie Nyamumbo. Maggie, how are you? I'm doing well, Alex. How are you? (laughs) I'm also doing well. I'm so excited that you're here because I'm, I'm just baffled by your your repertoire. I mean, we're talking Harvard Business School, we're talking Smith College, London School of Economics. I'm so hyped to dive into it. And I'm also excited for our other guest. He is not only the founder and CEO of Beat Kicks, he's not only a former Indiana University starting baseball pitcher. He is not only a Peloton monster and not only did we get our first Call of Duty win last night, He's also my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, the one and only Josh Lewis. What's up, man? Hey, man. Thanks for having me up to your house today. (laughs) Yeah, the long drive. The long drive um, up the 405. We live 10 minutes away from each other with no traffic, which is great. Guys, I'm so excited to have both of you here. We have some awesome topics we're going to get into. First, Josh, you and I are going to talk about from side hustle to day job is what we call this category, talking about the transition from doing a regular nine to five or a regular day job and switching over to being a full-time entrepreneur. Then Maggie, you and I are going to be talking about goodbye status quo, breaking that status quo of, of you know, what it really means to be an entrepreneur. And lastly, all three of us are going to talk about blood, sweat, and tears, what it really takes to run your own business, to be your own boss. Uh, but before we get into those topics, I have a question that I ask all of my guests. Uh, and that question is, what are you doing this week to improve yourself? Um, I... We'll start just so you guys have some time to think. If you watch this or if you listen to this podcast often, you'll know that a lot of them are about being healthy and like really sticking to my diet or, you know, any of those things. Uh, I was talking to my therapist this week and uh, he was actually, he told me I need to give myself a little bit more of a break. And so I, last night is what I did. Last night I ordered two dozen, and you probably don't know this company, but look them up because they're delicious. I ordered two dozen Diddy Reese cookies and I ate. As many as I could. It was only three, but I I ate enough until my stomach hurt. And I was like, you know what? This is good for me. Um, So that's what I've been doing this week. Um, I know it's not a great example, but Maggie, do you have something that you've been doing this week to improve yourself? Yeah. So this week, uh, I've actually been doing a lot of writing. So I channel a lot of my energy. I'm an introvert. 
Uh, so I channel a lot of my energy into internally. That's how we rest introverts uh, when we are mm. kind of at peace with ourselves. So I've been doing a lot of writing. It's a piece that's been on my mind for over two years. I've wanted to write essentially a guide to the coffee industry um, so people can really understand uh, what's going on, uh, how they can you know, make better coffee, but also how they can understand the history of coffee. So I have all this information uh, from sort of my perspective as a, as a farmer and also as someone with a background in economics and wanted to bring all of that into one piece that people can really understand. So I've been kind of writing that and now I'm like 20 pages in and it's like not an essay, it's not an article, it's not a book. So trying to figure out like what is it uh, exactly. Right. But that's really what I've been doing. It's like writing and, and getting all my creative energy on paper. That sounds amazing. Also, as a somebody who drinks coffee multiple times a day, I absolutely have to figure out the guide to starting a coffee business because I might, I might have to start one. And I might be, I'm not going to lie, I might be a competitor later in life. So... Don't, I'm just saying, game well, on. We love bringing I, more people into coffee. So you'll definitely not be a competitor. You'll, we would love to have you. <laughs> I don't have three degrees in college. I also, I don't even have one degree. In, I hardly have a high school diploma, but I still am an entrepreneur. So, so don't count me out. Uh, Josh, you got something for me on what you're doing this week to improve yourself? Yeah. As you know, Alex, we got our 16 month old at the house. So Getting sleep has been a little hard, especially during quarantine with working from home and and everything. But I've been trying to get up a little earlier to, you know, for myself to get time to think about the day and obviously be a better dad to my girl, uh, spend a little more time with her before the the wife wakes up and, you know, just collect my thoughts for the day, what I need to get done. A lot of that has helped me plan out the rest of that week. And then, you know, it's just been really good. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I applaud you for that. Uh, obviously, I know the inside because your wife happens to be my sister, but she's been working a lot this week as well, which means you're not only working from home, but you're working from home and being a dad at home. And my favorite thing about your daughter, my niece, is that she loves being with other people. She's just like me and she almost does not. She can't handle being by herself. So <laughs> I applaud you for getting work done while Mila is uh, or lack is, thereof. Yeah, or or the lack thereof. <laughs> Getting dubs. That's all that's all that matters, guys. Call of Duty dubs. It's all we care about these days. Well, I'm so glad both of those are great. Better than me eating three cookies uh, at once. But great. We're, we're all improving. That's what matters. Uh, well, Maggie, we'll be with you in just a second. But Josh, I think it's time for us to go one-on-one. We're talking side hustle to day job. But before we get into that, I want to dive a little bit deeper. You were the first in-law in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, you were the first person to kind of come into our circle. This is... How long you guys married? Six, six years now? Yeah, a little over six. Six years now you've been married to my sister. Um, I will take credit that I knew you before her because we played yeah. basketball. We played basketball when I was like 16 yeah. years old, 17 years old. Um, and then my sister was like, oh, I'm dating this new guy. And I was like, I know that guy. That's the guy I play basketball with. But you got quite a history, man. I mean, you, and and I'll let you tell the story, but long story short, when you were in college, you you were planning on going pro. Mm-hmm. You were planning on playing MLB baseball. Talk about that. Yeah, so uh, just rewind a little bit back to high school. My sophomore year, I had uh, just a freak, not really an injury, you wouldn't call it, but had a pain in my knee, and I found out that I had avascular necrosis, which is basically dying bone. So I had to have, emer- like not emergency surgery, but I had to have surgery, couldn't play my sophomore year. So it came in my junior year, not really knowing if I was even good at baseball. You know what I mean? Because it's been a year off. I don't even remember filling out many college applications, but anyway, got a scholarship, went to school, 
uh, started as a freshman, had a pretty good career. My junior year, a couple days before the draft, that same knee I had surgery on started hurting again. I just, and I've always had pain, you know, just normal pain, just from having a bad knee. But it got progressively worse throughout the day. And it was just, got to the point at night when I was in like little tears on the couch because I couldn't even, I didn't even know what was going on. I remember having friends at the house, like getting ready to go to a movie because we were like, we had plans to go to a movie. That's how fast, right, right, that's how right, rapid right. it happened. Just like plans in the midday, nighttime, I'm in the ER because my knee was so bad. Long story short, found out I had Lyme disease. My knee was like the size of a balloon. I couldn't walk for two months. The draft came and went. I got invited to play in like an uh, invite-only college league, which only only people that can get invited are usually the best in college. Couldn't go do that. So couldn't do anything all summer. Usually you're playing all summer to get in front of scouts and just get better, right? And then came into my senior year literally not doing anything all summer before my senior year. And we got a new coach. Had a... Decent senior year, thought I had a good enough resume to get drafted. That came and went, didn't happen. I got some offers to play independent league ball, which is similar to the minor leagues. It just doesn't feed to the major leagues, but a lot of guys go there and kind of work their way in. But to be honest, dude, I was just so upset and just mad. Yeah, that's got to be insanely crushing. Because I think in my mind, the way that I see it, the same way that I see myself as an entrepreneur, a professional athlete or somebody chasing that is also an entrepreneur. Honestly, to me, I don't know what the definition of an entrepreneur is, but I think anybody who's not like going for a kind of uh, traditional job, I don't know if that's the that's appropriate term to say, but like anybody who's not going for a traditional job in my mind is is in essence an entrepreneur. So for something that you had dreamed about up until your senior year or the end of your senior year, even for that to kind of all crush, how'd you battle your own like kind of self-confidence out of that hole that I'm sure it probably took you to? Yeah, I mean... It was rough because, I mean, I remember flying to Utah to go to be my, with my family for the draft because I thought for sure I was because I had, like, advisors that were advising me telling me, oh, yeah, this team, this team, this team, but nothing happened, and it was, like, the most embarrassing thing ever. You know what I mean? Because you go from high school being a star. You go to college, you're not, like, a star, but, like, you're good, you know, and you're, like, you're this close to, like, maybe living your dream, and it's, like, poof. I went back to school after that didn't work out to get my degree and then came home in January and was, like, no clue what I wanted to do, you know? But I had some opportunities in L.A. with the job. I remember just like one day I was like, all right, I'm taking it. Three days later, I packed my car and drove to LA by myself, like a little Honda Accord. Look at you, man. And, uh, and yeah. now, so then, so that job is the job that you then had for... No, so I came out and worked in real estate for a little while. Oh, right, right, right. But that right. was during 2008, 2010 when the economy just Perfect took a, time to be a real yeah, <laughs> Took a huge to dump, a right? So uh, I'm trying to learn the industry, you know, people I knew were making tons of money in the business were making $0 for years and years, right? Because nothing was happening. So I had to get out of that. You know, worked at an agency for a few months here and there, but then yeah, I fell into medical sales, which some teammates I, you know, they like, dude, you would love this, and they love athletes, and because it's really competitive, and so yeah, I got my first job, and I think it was 2010. Wow. Yeah. And so you, and then you did that. Obviously, you did that job for how many years? Six, seven years? Eight, eight years? Almost nine. Yeah, it was like 2018. I think is when I left the job. And went full time on Beat Kicks. Right. And so that's where we're going to get into right now, which is Beat Kicks. And let's let's rewind to the birthplace of Beat Kicks. Before we get into it, I'm going to try my best as your brother and as um, a user. If you watch any of my YouTube videos or right now, if you were to see me recording this, I'm using Beat Kicks products. Um, Beat Kicks are headphone covers um, that protect your headphones from uh, usual sweat. It's very popular now in gyms. Uh, if you'll see a bunch of athletes on on the field or on the court wearing over ear headphones, 
and and the the original product as as you've obviously now branched out into different products was to protect those from sweat um, from the damage that the sweat can cause and I've had the same pair of beats since you started the company and they've protected them uh, perfectly did I do a good job I feel better like than I could ever I feel do. like I'm the spokesperson now I just got a job as a spokesperson for Beat Kicks um, but tell me how the hell did you come up with this concept yeah it's funny I mean when your intro with entrepreneurship it's you know a lot of people do something that they're passionate about or that, you know, they're just really good at. Like, it wasn't like I was like some headphone aficionado or like <laughs> anything, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, at the gym, I was wearing, you know, those earbuds that just wrapped around your neck and you put them in your ear. But I would see people at the gym wearing their headphones and I know they're expensive, $300, you know, Beats or $300, yeah. Bose or $400. And it's funny because I'd see people that would wear their headphones in, in a way to protect them. They'd put a towel over their head and then put their headphones over a towel. Maybe you've seen those guys at the gym. Mm -hmm. Or I've honestly seen people wear napkins on their ears and then put their headphones over. Like, um, so just kind of like, and that's really silly. Maybe there's a way to like fix that and make it look cooler. You know what I mean? Um, so it's kind of how it started. Like I said, it wasn't like passion of mine or just kind of like, ah, oh, this is an idea. Maybe let's literally like no idea what's going to happen with this. Let's just see how it goes. You went from being an entrepreneur baseball wise mm -hmm. to working, working a few jobs with a boss, you know, your traditional based jobs. And then now you're doing a whole new thing, something like you had mentioned, you're not like an aficionado. You, in, in creating businesses, not much experience. How did you navigate through like what the next right thing to do was? Well, the interesting thing is the jobs that I had before, I was technically an independent contractor in every one of those. So ah. in the real estate world, I was an independent contractor. I, I was technically, I worked under this agency, but I was an independent. Right. So I had to pay for my own insurance, right? Moving into medical sales, same thing. I, I sold for a company, but I worked under a distributor, which was made me an independent contractor. So, in a way, I was technically, I mean, listen, I wasn't my own boss, but like. Yeah, but you were like, it was like, it was if any, or I guess if anything, it was training for sure. becoming truly owning your own business. Yeah. And the great thing, I mean, listen, when I came to LA, I mean, like I said, I, I totally had to put baseball away and like forgot about it for two years. And it, I think that helped me just put my head down and work. Cause like, otherwise, you know, who knows? You know what I mean? So. But yeah, I mean, like medical sales was great because even though I had a technical boss, but I kind of was on my own pretty much every day working at my hospitals and surgeries, doing my thing. So I was able to manage my time kind of on my own and, you know, be able to do my own thing. But yeah, I mean, you add this to it, it's just, it's, a, it's a whole new world. I mean, it's a different ballgame, like, because right. you are it. You yeah. know what I mean? That's it. Wow. So obviously, B-Kicks has become what it is now, which is you're over a million dollars in sales and you've been... The biggest athletes, Mr. Olympia wears beat kicks at this point. It is you've taken over the the fitness industry when it comes to headphone protection. But on that journey, you had obviously you had to stay committed even when sales weren't what you had dreamed of or things weren't moving as fast as you wanted to. What gave you that kind of confidence to like keep pushing to where you are now with a million dollar company? I think I'm a pretty determined guy, you know, like I don't. I don't like letting people down. I feel like if I'm not doing a good job, people see that. It's like, ah, it didn't work out. Like that to right, me, right. that's like, that just, I don't like that. So like the very beginning, I mean, I was in medical sales, you know, we, you were, I was married to your sister. I mean, you know, I mean, my schedule was crazy in medical sales. I was literally sitting on the couch, phone call, I'm gone. You know what I mean? I had to go to the hospital and do a case, right? Then I would come home, you know, I would work literally from what? 10.30 till three in the morning yeah. for two straight years. Like, cause I was fulfilling orders from that loft upstairs in that apartment. Yep. So, um, you know, you, you, you know, and we, as you go, you learn how to like make things more efficient, but, um, it was definitely a, a struggle in the beginning. And like, yeah, like you said, like getting to that point where things may not going well, it's like, 
I just think I'm pretty determined. And I think you, to be an entrepreneur, you have to be determined. Otherwise you're not, you know, they're going to have rough days. I remember I used to get sales on my phone, like back in the day, like, and it was like, I had to like, just get rid of those notifications. Cause it was like, I can't let that dictate how my day goes. Right, right. I need to think about the future. And if I'm thinking about every sale that comes through and if it's a bad day, like it's letting, it's putting me in a bad mood yep, or yep. like, I don't want that negativity. You know what I mean? And like negativity can crush on entrepreneurs. Oh, absolutely. I was just going to say, I think obviously we're, we're brothers now and, and we've seen each other for the last six years in the way that we work. And it's, and I think we can both say for each other, but I can absolutely say, and, and that's why I want to transition into, you know, from, from side hustle to date or to your day job, because there were two and a half years where you were coming home from your job to start your other job like that. And that's the level of tenacity that you really do need to have. And the same thing, you know, it's like we've we've missed both of us. We've missed weddings and we've missed birthday parties and we've missed things. Uh, we've missed family dinners and all these things because we knew we needed to get the work done. Um, and so I want to transition over into that. For two and a half years, obviously, you kept both your side hustle. Or I mean, you kept your your day job and you kept Beat Kicks, obviously, alive and moving. How did you know it was the right time to transition out of your day-to-day kind of uh, medical sales job into full-time CEO Beat Kicks? It was a tough time to know. I mean, I mean, just staring you in the face is sales numbers. You have to have a certain number of sales, right? Because I have to be able to live off something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm leaving a, you know decent six-figure salary in medical sales to know I'm not going to pay myself pretty much anything, right? You know, and we live in LA and it's expensive, but honestly, it was just to a point where it's like the revenue coming in was consistent enough that I felt comfortable. And I, you know, I ran through the numbers as you have to do as an entrepreneur that, you know, I can do this. We can live off this. It's going to be tight, but luckily we had some savings or whatever, but having that, that freedom, you know, that peace of mind to like do the stuff when you need to do it. Um, that was another check in the box. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna make as much money, but I'm gonna have more time to work on this. And if I can work on this every single day for 10 hours or whatever, how much further can I grow? Because I literally grew the thing from an operating room on my cell phone. Right. You know, I mean, I literally ran the Instagram. I mean, I was responding to customers literally in surgeries while I'm like in, yeah. at work. Like I'm <laughs> They're text- flatlining in the hospital. <laughs> well, that's and not you're my like, job. Hey guys, I'm a- <laughs> that wasn't my job. That was those guys' job. Uh, but you know, I'm you know, I, I'm, the great thing about social media and technology is that I was able to run my business from yeah. my phone at my other job. And then when I came home, I could do the fulfillment. Right. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I was really just crunching the numbers and be like, we can do it. You know, we'll, it'll be tight. We'll have to live a little bit more frugal, whatever for a while, but you know, the end game, you're always looking at the end game, right? Mm. So I think the thing that I that I find beautiful about the the process, the entrepreneurial process, that a lot of people don't see, especially like I'm I'm fortunate enough to have seen what you have created out of nothing, out of an idea. I remember when you first had a sock, like as your first model of what a what a headphone cover would look like. I remember when you first got your first set of beat kicks. Like a lot of people, I think who aren't entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs or are judgmental of entrepreneurs do not know or appreciate how hard and how dedicated you must be in the darkness before you even touch a sliver of light. And a lot of people only see the light. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of people, I think we could name collectively 30 people who you told about B-Kicks and then never talked to you again until they hit you up and were like, yo, can I get a pair of those B-Kicks? Mm-hmm. Like now that it's a popular company. Yeah. And uh, and it's insane how how 
much effort truly goes into it. And and that isn't something that I want to say for the listeners to to shy away from becoming an entrepreneur. I just want to set the expectations right so that you know that being an entrepreneur is, I would say, the hardest job in the whole world because you have to stay motivated. Mm-hmm. You have to stay passionate. You have to stay confident. Like you had mentioned, there were days where you were, you had to turn off your phone because the sales. There's also days, I think my favorite memory of Beat Kicks is I believe it was it was either Thanksgiving or it was Christmas, and we were watching a movie, a pirate. Don't don't arrest us, but a pirated movie um, during the holidays off of your phone. Don't arrest him. I didn't do it. Uh, but that phone's gone. I don't know where that it is. phone's gone. Uh, don't track the IP address. Um, but we were watching a movie off of your cell phone, and the notifications were on. And you had like a sale going and we were counting it. Black and Friday. I, it was always oh, Black Friday. That's what it was. We we're counting the Black Friday sales. And we were just like every it was it was coming. They they couldn't even stay on the screen long enough for you to read who the who bought the product. Like it was just rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid fire. And moments like that, I can attest to not that moment, but to moments like that. Mm-hmm. It's the most gratifying. There's nothing more gratifying than building something like that. So as we close out before we take this break. My last question is, what advice do you have for people who are out there who want to be entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. or feel like they could be an entrepreneur, have an idea, um, but are where you were five and a half years ago? Yeah. Anybody who is in that same place or the advice that you would have given yourself now? Yeah. What is what is that advice? You know, it's interesting. I think a lot of people have great ideas. I think a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs, but there's a few things holding them back. Could it be financial reasons? Could it be, you know, not of time, right? I think a lot of people have so many good ideas. It's just just taking that leap of faith, really, to be like, I'm going to do it. I want to do it. You know, and some people just can't, right? Whatever. I mean, family issues, you have too many kids. You can't work. You have to work. You need a job. You need to st- stabilize your family. Uh, fortunately for me, it wasn't enough financial-wise. It wasn't a high cost out of pocket in the beginning um, to do it. But, I mean, honestly, you got to be a savage. You really do. You got to be a savage. Savage mode. To be an entrepreneur. You really, I mean... Like you said, in the dark, people don't see it. All they see is your Instagram posts and like, oh, he's at an, a convention. That must He must be doing well. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I had to do to get to that point? You know what I mean? People don't see that part, right? They see these cool companies pop up out of nowhere. And it's like, do you realize what that company had to do for you to see that and see everybody liking those pictures and reposting it and all that stuff? I mean, you, gotta, you really just got to have that mentality of like, nothing's going to stop me. And I'm going to put my head down and just work. You know Absolutely. I mean? I mean, that's that's what we're going to – our whole last segment is going to be that exact thing. And again, I don't want anything that we say today to scare you away from doing – you know, from chasing your dream. If anything, we want to – all three of us here on this episode want to encourage you to chase your dreams and be that entrepreneur and follow it. But I think all three of us would be remiss today if we did not – let you know that it's not a walk in the park, um, that it's not as easy as it looks and that it's going to be a big work. But Josh, I love you, bro. We'll see you in a sec. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be speaking with Maggie. Don't go anywhere. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
you have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with purdue global when you come back with a purdue global degree you create opportunity for yourself your family and your future it's a degree you can be proud of a degree that employers will trust and respect purdue global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals these include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a 
day. Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to Let's Get Into It. I'm Alex Iono, and we have Maggie Nyamumbo with me. Maggie, how are you? I'm doing well. You're up in San Francisco, right? Yes. I want to I want to point out as all I believe all four of us, including Catherine, our producer on this uh, on this Zoom right now, all live in California. And I saw a funny tweet that I talked about earlier um, because it's so cold in California for some reason. Uh, I saw a funny tweet that said 60 degrees in California is way colder than 40 degrees in New York. And you cannot argue with that. And I don't know why. It just makes sense. It no, just makes true. sense. It's the buildings. So in New York, there's all this steam coming out. From under the mountains. Ah. That's why. <laughs> and it's why it smells so bad there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, Maggie, enough about New York, enough about smells. I want to talk about I want to talk about the great smells of Kahawa 1893. You are the owner of of this this coffee company, but you've also lived multiple lives, uh, you know, quote unquote multiple lives, having left a successful career on Wall Street to start your company. But you also are a third generation Kenyan coffee grower. So I think it's it, to me, it makes uh, makes pretty good sense of why you were working in the coffee industry. But I don't know if that's necessarily the only reason why you wanted to start a coffee business. So what what made you want to start Kahawa 1893? Yeah, so I was actually uh, working on Wall Street and I used coffee as a drug. So it's something that um, I would <laughs> drink to stay awake. And I was doing investment banking and I, a typical day, I'd be leaving the office at sunrise. I'd be going home at 6 a.m. So Coffee was like such a drug that I used to just stay awake and be productive. And I got into coffee actually from, it was, I attended like a weekend competition for startup competition. Um, and it was about social impact. Um, and at that competition, you had to come up with an idea that had a social impact. And that was really the first time I thought about business because I'd always, you know, thought about um, just a background on me grew up on a coffee farm in Kenya. And because my parents were entrepreneurs, they were on the opposite side of the spectrum where they were like, do not become an entrepreneur, go to school, get educated, get a real job. And so the idea was to always like run as far away from entrepreneurship and coffee as possible. But after that competition, we actually like were like number two on that. And I started thinking about actually this could be a business. So I started talking to coffee people in New York, going to workshops. And I struck up a friendship with a roaster in New York who actually has been in the business since the 80s. He helped Starbucks open their like third store in Seattle. So that's how long he's been around. And he loved Kenyan coffee. So he took me under his arm and really showed me the business. And as I got more comfortable and learned more, I got intrigued uh, by that, by the, by the business. Um, and especially because I saw sort of a huge opportunity to essentially improve the lives of farmers who do a lot of work to make coffee possible. I mean, so in essence, you're, you're, you're flipping the whole status quo when it comes to how farmers are treated. The term fair trade, I know that I've, I think everybody's heard that term, but if you asked 
90% of people to define it. I, I don't know. I don't know what fair trade means. Uh, so can you give me an idea of what that looks like kind of from your boots on the ground perspective? Yeah. So the, the, so the coffee industry for a long time, the market has been really very, very volatile. So the coffee prices are set in New York uh, on Wall Street. And then the farmers have to essentially sell their coffee at that price. And what has happened for a long time is that price is below the cost of production. So imagine, Josh, if you had to sell your products below what you produce them at. <laughs> That's kind of like what job. farmers <laughs> have to contend with. And so and for me personally, sort of growing up on the farm and seeing that all of the work really on the farm, about 90% is done by women, and then they don't get paid. So I was like, we have to do something about it. Um, and so that's when I started Kahawa. I wanted to very specifically figure out a way where we can get the money back to the farmers. Mm. So when you buy our coffee, we have like a, a QR code on there that you can scan and tip the farmers. Um, and so the idea is it's almost like a, a type of fair trade. So fair trade is when you buy the coffee, you, you pay uh, a certain price above market so that the farmers can make money. So in this case, it's like a tip. The way that you can tip your barista, the way that you can tip uh, someone at a restaurant, this is the way of like recognizing the farmers are not making enough. You can send them like $5, $10 on each bag. And that way they can actually uh, make a living from coffee. And especially for us, for the women that we work with, we have a fund for them and they're able to kind of use those funds to, to develop themselves. Uh, we're educating some girls on the ground. So it's, it was really for me something of like, we have a market that we can't really affect right now, but how can as consumers, how can I invite uh, other fellow coffee lovers to essentially participate and make good ethical choices around coffee? So that was really uh, the model that we built uh, around, uh, around coffee. That's something that I, I really loved in my research, which was um, you had mentioned uh, how you can help the women in the coffee industry. In, in the coffee trade in Kenya, women do most of the work, but men are getting paid and have way more ownership than the women do. And you're talking about all of these things. How else are you guys working to reverse that uh, more so than just helping the women make a little bit more? Yeah. So the other way that we're doing is essentially investing in them so that they can produce specialty coffee. Um, so as you know, specialty coffee is where farmers can actually earn better prices for their coffee. Um, and so because the farmers had not been paid well for a while, so their machines were down, they didn't know how to process. So it was really very, very, for me, very, very fulfilling to go on the ground. And I worked directly with the farmers and we improved the quality of their coffee. We even sold it to Blue Bottle. So like our coffee is like Blue Bottle quality, by the way. Ah, you, uh. you beat me to it. I love, I have to, I have to shout out. I know I make coffee at my house. Um, nothing, nothing fresh. I, I have an espresso machine, but when I do feel bougie and want to go and buy my own coffee, Blue Bottle is where I go. And I think that it's amazing that you work with companies like Blue Bottle because they really are that, that next level. I mean, to me, like I love I could have a Starbucks coffee and I won't throw a fit. But if you give me a blue bottle coffee, we're best friends. Um, how did you go about developing relationships like that to build your brand? Yeah. So it was essentially, again, you know, just approaching the brands and kind of talking to them about. So they are aware of the sort of this this issue with farmers not getting a fair price. And so in this case with True Bottle is like approaching 
them and kind of telling them about the vision that I had and the mission that I had on the ground. Um, and they were on board with it. I actually traveled with a coffee buyer from Bilbao back to the farm in Kenya, where she met the women. Um, and we essentially, you know, give them tips, give them a new, new ways of like processing. Um, and so we was really just talking about the mission to people. And then uh, essentially, and a lot of people want to help and a lot of people want to uh, adopt new solutions. And so this is just a case of presenting another way of doing things and uh, very, very surprised by, uh, by the reception. Um, even in California, we've worked with other tech companies like Facebook, Twitter. We served before COVID, we served our coffee in their cafes, in the, in the campuses. Um, and that was really just companies that are into the mission and they understand what we're trying to do and they want to be part of, part of that solution. And sort of fun fact, we actually, it's to the coffee that we really helped improve the quality, uh, got, got like from a blind test, there's like a coffee rankings website that's similar to the wine rankings um, that we submitted like our coffee and for blind tasting and it came out as one of like the top coffees in the country. So that was hey. like, really exciting for us. And so our, and that was the first time like our coffee, we put this like our, our farm on the map before then, like our coffee had never been like served as a single origin uh, ever in wow. the world. It was always like, unbranded uh so this was the first time that like we could put that like village coffee on the map and like other roasters were like now reaching out and wanting to serve that coffee so it was really mm. you know like josh said it's just like you gotta start it you gotta believe it and then like people will start to like take notice and also just like be invested so people are just looking for a leader that can kind of help them uh build around a similar vision a similar mission as well Right. And that, that's why I think it's so interesting. And obviously every entrepreneur is going to have their own story. But the thing that I love about your story and a lot of stories like yours is that you are trying to make the world better. Like you're, you're obviously creating a business, but you're trying to make the world better. And I know that you said you were surprised that a lot of companies wanted to do more um, kind of collective mindset things. I, I'm not as surprised in the sense of, I think when you offer like the same way that when you're at a grocery store and they say, Hey, do you want to donate $2 to the blank, blank, blank foundation? I all like, to me, I'm always like, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, I think a lot of people do want to do the right thing. And that's what I love about your company. Um, your company also sells uh, single serving coffee tea bags, which is something I've never, ever seen before. I didn't even know that you could do that. I thought that I thought you get arrested if you put coffee in a tea bag. Um, <laughs> but they're super convenient and they're environmentally friendly, way better than, you know, your K cups. Luckily, I want to point out I do have an espresso and I recycle the pods. I take them back to Nespresso. So I'm doing the best that I can. Um, but still not as good or environmentally friendly as the tea bags that you guys serve your coffee in. Uh, I think what I love about your company is that your company starts at doing the right thing and people genuinely seem to follow that. Is that something that you would agree with? Yeah, I would say, and even, um, you know, with this QR code, um, it's the idea was, you know, there's a lot, it's a very long supply chain. There's like, you know, almost 20 people between the farmer and the consumer. Um, and mm. so, the whole idea was like, you know, you want to make a difference, but like there isn't always like an easy way to do it at the grocery store. And this is one of those ways right. where like it's like having, you know, uh, a bucket at the cash registry, just like making it really easy for people to have an impact, but also um, 
for the coffee tea bags, which people really love. I mean, I, I'll tell you the story behind it. Uh, so the story okay. behind it was, I remember giving, so when I started the coffee company, and again, coffee is actually something that even though coffee was discovered in East Africa, so like, you know, Ethiopia is the birthplace of coffee. We give coffee to the world, uh, but black people in general were not that prominent in coffee. Uh, coffee was not the, the choice of drink in the black community. We get like Sprite is like the, <laughs> is what got, gets advertised <laughs> in the black community. Um, so coffee is like not something that people were on top of. So I remember gifting my friend a bag of coffee. Uh, it was like whole bean coffee. And then I went over to her place to make it. And she was about to make it without grinding it. She did not know you had to grind it. <laughs> Uh, and so and at that moment, I realized that like when I joined the coffee business and I'm actually one of like very few black women in coffee, I realized mm. there was such a huge gap in like coffee knowledge in the industry where, you know, the specialty coffee industry is very, very like white broy culture. <laughs> it's very hipster. <laughs> um, and so I really wanted to create that bridge between sort of the average person who really wants to enjoy specialty coffee, but is very intimidated by all of the trappings of that, right? Yeah. Um, and so this, the coffee tea bag is a way that you can make coffee. It's like a French press, but already has a filter around it, pretty much. Mm. Um, and so that was a way where the coffee is, you know, kind of trapped in there and it stays fresh for a long time because it's like nitrogen flashed. And so for me, that was one way I could easily share coffee with people and really introduce them in a, like a non-intimidating way uh, to coffee. Wow. So I really love that as like a way of introducing people to specialty coffee, especially for communities that are, you know, previously haven't been um, sort of partaking in coffee because it's intimidating <laughs> to them. Yeah, ab no, I, that makes absolute sense. And again, you're making the world better by, you know, kind of removing that, that, I, I'm I sure as hell I'm not moving outside of my Nespresso when it comes to me making coffee like I it is so intimidating to make it because you have your French presses and you have your pour overs and you have your you know your this that and the other I, it's intimidating so the fact that you made these you know again I want to reiterate the idea that when you start by doing something right or doing something good whether it's something as environmentally friendly or or convenient like a tea bag or you know trying to switch the status quo people generally tend to follow but i also again i want to point out not only the good side but also the bad side is that when you switch the status quo there's also another end another side of people who are not happy with that who like things the way that they've been have you had any pushback from kind of the opposing side of, of, you know, whether it's people who still want to make the same amount of money or it's, you know, big coffee industries who are who are not wanting things to be shaken up? Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of. Um, so another thing that I'm in part of, like I mentioned, I'm writing an article. Part of the article that I'm writing is essentially, you know, taking people through my learning process and I'm calling it unlearning coffee industry myths. So there's a lot of myths about the industry. Um, and as I become an expert in the industry, I'm starting to like essentially break them apart and realize some of this was sort of essentially created to like isolate or keep other people out. Um, and so I'm learning, as I learn more, I'm like really surprised by all of that. But at the same time, like not very surprised because it's a very competitive industry. Um, so I think the only, uh, I think, pushback that I would say I've received is uh, around, I think when we came out with the 
tea bags, it's like the snobby people being like, oh, you can't put coffee in tea bags, for instance. On the other side, um, it's also just recognizing that, you know, you know, people are just like used to doing things a certain way. Uh, so there's going to be resistance to the old, to, you know, shaking up the system. But that's something that we actually want to do more of because mm-hmm. it's it's a gentle pushover. And I'm really very, very inspired by like the new generation, um, Gen Z, that's kind of like, does not care. <laughs> I think right. I'm a millennial and like my generation, we were like, there was like this whole thing of like, don't buy $5 Starbucks because you can save for your mortgage. <laughs> yeah. um, and I feel like Gen Z is really like uh, shaking up a lot of status quo just as a generation. And that's kind of helping us a lot because nothing is taken for granted anymore. So I really like kind uh-huh. of like what your generation is doing uh, with just shaking up the status quo so that for us who are shaking it, it's not an earthquake um, as much. Right, right. <laughs> Man, I I really, Maggie, I'm so just, I love your story and I love the love what you're doing. And I think it's incredible. And I'm so lucky that you're here as a guest. Um, I cannot wait to hear your advice or what it really truly takes to be an entrepreneur. Um, But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back. Hold on one second, because I wanted to show you something. Yeah, I wanted to show you uh, this new mag that I have, it's part of like my gentle. So this is like a coffee mag. Can you see it? Yeah. Uh, but then look at what it says. All right. So you guys, you guys can't see this, but it says the revolution will be brewed. And that is incredible. Like our gentle way of just saying that, like, there is an oncoming revolution. In the industry. I, I thought. I thought I could not love your company and your story more, and you just proved me wrong, uh, Maggie Kahawa, eighteen ninety three. I'm I'm so hyped to to try some of it. Um, but we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about what it really, truly takes to be an entrepreneur. Don't go anywhere. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. 
Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back. This is Let's Get Into It. I'm Alex Iono, and we've had some incredible conversations, but it's time to kind of strip the pretty away and get down to the nitty gritty, which is why we're calling this segment Blood, Sweat, and Tears. We got Josh here with me, my brother-in-law, also the founder and CEO of Beat Kicks, protecting your 
over-the-ear headphones, and now also have headbands, towels, masks, which was a major thing, which I want to talk about in this segment. Uh, and also now, if you have AirPods, both the AirPods Regular and the AirPods Pros, you can protect the case uh, of those AirPods. They're, they're dope. I can't find my AirPods right now. I'm pretty sure they're lost, but I'm going to have to buy some new ones so that I can put them on. But we're here with, with Josh and also with Maggie Nyamumbo, uh, the founder and CEO of Kahawa1893 Coffee. And we're talking about what it really truly takes. Being an entrepreneur, I, like I said before, I, I really do believe it's the hardest job from A to Z. Um, and anybody who started their own business knows that. And they know that you really do. I know this saying has kind of been thrown around, blood, sweat, and tears. But you really do put your blood, sweat, and tears into it. Josh mentioned that he had spent, you know, holidays answering emails, that he spent 10 p.m. to 3 a.m.s, you know, working and, and packaging his product and printing labels and the amount of effort that I've seen Josh go into and obviously the amount of effort that I know that I've put into my own career and talking with you, Maggie, from flying executives of other companies back to your homeland of Kenya to show them how beautiful the culture is of coffee in East Africa. There's so many, so many things. And, and we mentioned it in the first segment of like the darkness, so many things that nobody gets to see and nobody really does see unless you show them that it goes into, you know, creating your own business, being your own boss, really truly being an entrepreneur. So my first question is, to this day, what keeps you motivated on a daily basis, Maggie? It's tough. You know, why do it, right? Why why should you do this instead of, you know, a day job where you're guaranteed um, a paycheck? And I think for me, it's just looking at my life and thinking about what kind of legacy uh, do I want to live behind? Like, what's my purpose in this world? Um, and when I thought about um, sort of my journey and what I wanted to give back, I figured that there was actually a way for me to do those concurrently. So there was a way for me to build a business around coffee and then use that as sort of a way to engage the larger community around uh, social issues that I cared about. Um, so like helping women, making sure that there was gender equality in coffee. So for me, uh, coffee isn't really just a business that I run. It's everything that I do. So I bring all my values to it and then being able to like make a difference. So in a perfect world in the future for me is where we get to a place where I think I think a little bit of, of uh, ourselves as almost like Tesla, but not aggressive. You know how Tesla went from like, <laughs> we need to like get rid of fossil fuels. We need like clean energy and that there's a world where we can have nice cars that, you know, run on clean fuel. Like that's a thing. So I, I feel like in a future, in, in coffee, I think there's a future where we can have delicious coffee, specialty coffee. And in that paradigm also have, you know, farmers fairly compensated. So like being able to like build that into our system and like removing sort of the old colonial system and replacing it with like a modern system where everyone's like, paid fairly for their wages, the women are getting, there's like gender equality in the industry. So for me, I think being able to emerge in a future where that's possible and realizing that actually I'm building the blocks towards that, that that's what keeps me up at night. And also that's like what makes me go to bed thinking that I've achieved something right. for the day. Right, right. And, and I think that that's, 
more than enough to keep you motivated. Something as big as, you know, chasing down a dream like that, or there's a problem in the industry now and we need to fix that problem. Josh, your story is obviously different. You had a problem. You saw a problem in the gym and you fixed that problem. And that problem is pretty much fixed. Like you, I mean, like you, if somebody has that problem now, they can fix that problem. Yeah, right. So having done that, you know, you fixed that problem before you went into headbands and towels and masks and all that. Once you hit that point, you're a million dollar company. What keeps you motivated to keep trying to reach that next level or, or hit that next thing? More than obviously money is yeah. always a good motivator, but you, your heart is in this. You've had offers for people who want to come and, and buy, you know, pieces of your company or your whole company, but you obviously have said no to those things and stuck to it to build it into an even bigger empire. What keeps you motivated? Yeah, I think for me, it's the athlete in me that the thing, thing I keep thinking about, it's the competitiveness and wanting to, because like right now, I mean, like you said, we're, we're in the fitness space pretty much. You, you follow fitness, you see it, right? But I mean, there are so many different areas that we can hit and we've, we're starting to hit. So for me, that's that's the motive. It's it's the the drive to get in those different spots. Like you remember times when I was, oh, I got this influencer to try them and wear them, and now they're like wanting to be a part of the brand. Like how cool that was. Like there's so many different areas that uh, I think we can we can get into in, in industries. And for me, that's a driving force. It's you know because you get that little bit. It's a little. It's, honestly, it's like a high, right? You mm-hmm. get oh, this big influencer, million followers, they want to be a part of it. Like oh my gosh, like right. okay. I want the next one. Where's the next one? Where's yep. the next one? Right. And then, you know, building a brand, like, you know, the covers are our baby and that's what we do. And that's what everybody knows us for. But yeah, I'd love to just be a brand that represents different products. We're getting there, but you know, it's a ton of work. It's a lot yeah. of work. I want to talk next about, um, about the financial aspect of it. And a lot of people, um, for, I would say for most entrepreneurial businesses, you have to start by shelling out of your pocket or taking out a loan or spending it, you know, financially really taking a risk. And the other thing that I think is funny as a total side note is, um, and I'm going to out you, Josh, but I'm also going to out me. (laughs) We love, Josh and I love blackjack. Like we love, and, and I'm guilty of it. I love going to the casino and playing blackjack. But I think that that's something that really feeds into our entrepreneurial spirit because you have to be willing to take a risk, a big risk. And Maggie, that even translates. I don't know if you like blackjack. I hope you do. So one day we can all have (laughs) some Kahawa 1893 coffee and play some blackjack. But you had to take you're taking a risk every day by shaking up a full industry and changing that status quo. But financially, specifically, you have to shell out your own money. I last year, Josh, Josh knows this because he's my brother. Like I had to spend a lot of my own money to put together a tour, um, the Fun 2-3 tour, because I had a dream and I wanted that dream to come to life and have a screen on stage. And so I put my own money into it knowing that it was a risk. And sometimes those risks work. Sometimes those risks don't work. Josh, what were your financial fears or struggles? You were married at the time. And I know that as cool as my sister Sydney is, you know, spending family money and knowing you're dipping into savings and knowing that if it doesn't work, then this will happen. Or if it does work, then that will happen. What struggles or fears did you have when you were starting B-Kicks? Yeah, I mean, it's like like I mentioned before, it's going from, you know, a job that pays a decent salary or commissions, whatever, and knowing that I'm going to pay myself, you know, a fifth of that, you know what I mean? For mm-hmm. the foreseeable future, not with really no end in sight, you know, and then you just go into the, the workings of the business. And listen, we all have heard the saying, you got to spend money to make money, right? Yeah. And I don't know about Maggie, but I bootstrapped this whole thing from, I didn't raise any money. It's it's all been my money. And, you know, so you got to be really picky on where you spend that money. You know, you can't, 
you know, whether it's marketing dollars or, you know, influencers, which falls into marketing, whatever. But uh, yeah, there's been times where it's like, I don't know if this is the right move, but mm -hmm. like, man, how many eyeballs would see this if I paid this amount of money? You know what right. I mean? Like, and listen, I've had multiple mistakes, you know, trial and error, spent money, didn't work out. But I mean, like you said, you got to take those risks. I mean, you're never going to see where your idea can go. Mm -hmm. Dude, you came out at 14, like with a guitar and like, yeah. you know what I mean? And now you're doing what you're doing. That's what I think is interesting is I like for me, I've all, all I've ever known was my entrepreneurship. Right. But for both of you, Josh, and for you, Maggie, you both had gr good jobs. Like you guys, <laughs> you guys weren't like in a place where you were like, oh, man, what am I going to do? I guess I'll, I'll guess I'll have to start my business. Like you both had the option to or not to become entrepreneurs. So Maggie, coming from Wall Street to starting your business, what was that financial fear slash struggle like? You had a good job. Like you were, you're on Wall Street. People, people die to, live, to work on Wall Street. And meanwhile, you're starting your own business and leaving it. So similar, I bootstrapped uh, like Josh. Um, and I think that part of that is, I think we kind of have to acknowledge is a little bit of a privilege that you know, to be in that position. Um, I think for me to be in a position where I'd had I'd worked in jobs that allowed me to save, so I had a financial safety net. So that's not true for a lot of people. So I think for me, I felt yeah. comfortable doing it because I felt like I had saved enough money to be able to essentially bootstrap this and kind of build it, especially building this business where uh, it's a lot of about, about values and I have to be very picky about who I work with. Um, so having financial backers that have different, you know, interests and motivations would not be the best situation. So it was, it was very, you know, it was, again, like Josh said, you get very creative. You really think about, is this worth doing? What's the ROI on this? But I think the beauty of this, looking at it, you know, when I now reflect upon it, the beauty of having the opportunity to, to build that uh, with, you know, limited resources is that you become very, very intentional, but also you build a stronger community because mm. it's very, you become very authentic because you don't have, not like you have unlimited bank account to be flushy. <laughs> you really work with the scraps. And I think that's something that really radiates and allows you to build a stronger brand. So you're not buying, uh, you're not buying followers, you're not buying, um, you know, you're not buying people with sales or with like, you know, giving huge discounts or, you know, essentially giving people products for free. Uh, you you essentially cultivate a very, very strong um, following and a strong community. So I think that there's definitely mm. uh, as a as a person, if I was starting out, I would advise people that sometimes I think get stressed about not having enough capital to think about that as an advantage, not a disadvantage it really pushes you mm. to focus on like what's the most important thing um, and to focus on the right things because otherwise you maybe get distracted and you know make really... Uh, some companies have been killed by having too much money, like Quibi. Right. <laughs> like Quibi. <laughs> rest in peace, Quibi. Companies. So I think that there's some advantage of being uh, bootstrapped and being under-resourced at the beginning. But obviously, I'd be remiss... Uh, Alex, if I don't mention that, I, I know for sort of a person like me still, uh, even with like my education, my privilege, I still feel that I fall into the same troubles that other, uh, you know, entrepreneurs of color, as you know, less than 1% of funding goes to women, less than 0.1% goes to women of color. 
So it's it's a it's like a huge gap where if you started mm. to like spend your time looking for money, like you would just like it's not it's not a good odds. If we come back to blackjack, right. you have better odds focusing on raising money from customers. <laughs> I'm doubling down. At that point, I'm doubling down. I'm splitting, I'm doubling each of the splits. We're going hard. No, uh, I got one thing to add to that. One thing. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's funny just like the word nimble you have to be nimble, right? I mean, I even to this day. You know, I, I think to myself, what do people care about when they get my product? They just care about getting it and it being good quality. So in my, in, even in our packaging, even to this day, like it's not the greatest packaging, but like, I just know they bought it because they want it. And when they get it, it's got to be good quality. So if those things are good for me. That's enough. I don't need to spend that extra capital right now to give them this awesome package box that costs another 50 cents every order. You know what I mean? Right. So like, you know, we've done it in the past, but it's like, is it worth it right now? Like, yeah. I, you know, so like small things like that, it's like, you know, what, what, what does a customer really want? And like, you know, we both bootstrapped it. So we had to be like pretty nimble on how we do things. So you can see what really is the most important thing and what do the customers, what do they want? Yeah. You know what I mean, that's the question I think all entrepreneurs are trying to answer. There's a lot of movement that you have to, that you might not be, like, that there's so many things that I didn't realize I had to do as a musician. So many things, like you had said, you did not realize, like, oh man, I got to think about the packaging. I remember you had boxes and then yeah. you had certain, like certain cool plastic. And then you had like, they, you were, um, you had the like labels that were going around it yeah. or on top of it. And at the end of the day, those are things that you have to really think about as an entrepreneur. Um, another thing a lot of people have to think about as an entrepreneur or more so deal with, not think about is the naysayers, the, the haters, the, oh man, I really think you should do this. Josh, you and I both know how many people, and I, I don't know as much as you know, but I've witnessed it firsthand how many people have told you, you need to do this, you yeah. need to do that. Don't do this, that's not gonna work. And I'm sure you had the same thing, Maggie. A question for both of you, how do you tune that out? Because I know, like, as some, I, I've had naysayers my own way, you know, for my own career as well, but how do both of you guys tune it out? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I just don't care, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, listen, there are times where you, see, if, if it's a specific product thing, like yeah. maybe there's an issue with something, like obviously I want to resolve that. I don't want to like just throw it to, but like, yeah, like these are too expensive or why is a logo so big? You know what I mean? Like uh, you got to tell your, you got to think like how, what's the percentage of people that are actually complaining about these small things? And it's like, that's how I just do it in my head. I'm like, listen, it's under 1% of people that are complaining about this or that or the other. It's like, you kind of have to just pick and choose the things that really matter. Like, listen, if it's a, like a quality control issue, like if something broke or ripped or whatever, hundred percent, like we're going to fix that as fast as possible. We're going to talk to the manufacturer and make sure, Hey, like be more careful. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, there's trolls out there and mm -hmm. it's like, they get a high on like trying to make you feel a little bit of negativity. Right. Absolutely. So I'm just like, you know what? Press on, man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Maggie, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, no, same. I think you really got to tune it out. I think when I started um, for, I think a lot of people, it was like, I was not who you think, you know, sells coffee. Like I was not the face of coffee. So for a lot mm. of people, they had only seen two, you know, two types of coffee it was either like big coffee Starbucks or they had seen like a Hollywood celebrity, like starting a coffee brand, like for charity. Right. So they were like these two spectrums of like charity coffee and then big coffee. So when people, I think when I started, they were like, oh, is it a nonprofit? Um, is it like, are you going to make money? Like you're not rich. <laughs> so there was a lot of people that were worried that I was like not a Hollywood celebrity doing this for charity. Um, right. So that was uh, trying to like explain to people that this can work, but also like just... 
you have to, at the beginning, you just have to know that not everyone will see the vision until mm. it, like you said, you know, there's a lot of like working in the dark. There's a lot of small moving paths uh, to building a brand. So I think it's just, I know, I think just giving people time to really warm up to right. it and, you know, it takes time. So I think that I having that attitude of like, you know, they're seeing a half drawn painting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like when it's fully drawn and then they might appreciate it more. So I think it's just knowing that that's, it's natural for people to want to be protective of the status quo. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think again, nobody sees the, nobody sees the darkness. Everybody only sees the light, you know, then nobody sees what happens behind closed doors. And so it's important to just stick to your guns, trust yourself, try and just, you know, whether it's avoiding comments in your comment section, whether it's listening with, you know, with half an ear to your, your weird friend or family member who thinks that they know your business better than you do, whatever it is. I think the last thing I want to talk about is 2020. Like we're here and we're in the middle of a pandemic. We have so many businesses closing down and even in good times, new businesses very rarely turn out successful. Josh, you mentioned being nimble. I think one of the smartest things from the outside that you did this year is you started producing masks. Masks was not something that you did at all, but somehow it works perfectly right. <laughs> with protecting your beats, protect your face, protect yeah. your, you know, your immune system. That nimbleness, how did you come to that? How did you uh, keep your mind and your, and your options so nimble that you could have an option like that that you go, yes, we need to jump on that? And, and your mask sold out immediately when mm -hmm. you dropped them. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was fortunate that my manufacturer had a customer who was doing masks. So I was able to, and listen, I didn't, early on, I just didn't even think about it. I just, I was doing my business. I, you know, with, would I go down there, look at my inventory or whatever. But, you know, as like, you know, end of February, early March came around, it was just kind of like, this thing's maybe a real thing. You know what I mean? I was like, you know, maybe we should do it. And, and listen, because of the high cost of my manufacturer, I had to put down a hundred percent of it upfront, the money. And these weren't cheap masks. I mean, everything's getting made downtown LA. I mean, these were not cheap. They're, like, they're good masks. I want, I want to voice it. It's, mass, <laughs> it's, it's the mask that I endorse myself. <laughs> um, so, I mean, listen, March was terrible for me. Let's be honest. I mean, my, my product is mainly in the fitness space. Gym's closed, right? right? People were freaking out, like going to the banks, taking thousands of dollars, putting their, under their mattress because they were like, what's going to happen, right? So no one's spending money and gyms were closed. So for me, it was like the worst month I've had in probably 10 months. Oof. Um, but then we decided to make masks and April was my biggest month in eight months. Mm. It, the day I launched the mask, I never promoted it. I just put it up and we had a bigger day than my Black Friday, which is crazy. That's um, wild. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, I was fortunate enough to have that opportunity because if they weren't doing it, doing it, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. But, but listen, I had to make the call, right? I had to say, hey, I'm going to spend this much amount of money to do this. And who knows? Like... I mean, luckily, like Maggie was saying, you build that customer base and that loyal following that, you know, I just put it up and boom. And mm -hmm. like, they're listen, they're expensive. Like compared to other masks, they're pretty expensive. But they just took, it, it was, I'm not gonna say it saved the business, but like, it's almost a blessing in disguise for me because at the time my manufacturing shut down my covers and everything yeah. else. All they did was making masks. It was like, it was like a factory of mask making. So luckily I had enough inventory on hand on the covers that the orders that did come in, we were able to fulfill so I was able to lower my inventory and everything on that was profit. And then we had mass. So we had another product to sell and was sold like crazy. So it was like, we were able to actually come out of it a little better, I think, than most people mm. just because we had that ability. Yeah. No, I mean, a lot of companies came and went or yeah. were here and left. And and uh, and so I think that nimbleness is what keeps companies alive. And, and that's why I think it was amazing. I had to point it out because 
the wrench was thrown into this year. This year has been the worst. And so for a company like B-Kicks where you are working, you, you are a fitness-based company or where that's where you started from, and then the thing that kind of powers that goes away, you have to move quick. You have to mm-hmm. act quick. Maggie, on top of the pandemic, we are also in a year that people are trying to uh, obviously we are, we have unearthed, um, racial injustice here in America, uh, and racism in general. There are so many fights for taking away women's rights and women's reproductive rights. And on top of that, you come from an immigrant family. The cards of 2020 were not sent in, in your favor. How have you as a CEO and a founder of a company powered through that? Yeah, um, I actually posted on our Instagram that uh, when the elections came out, uh, now that we have Kamala, the first uh, Mm -hmm. black uh, and Indian uh, immigrant (laughs) vice president, I was saying, oh, wow, 2020 is definitely um, it's going to be interesting when we discuss it because we saw the worst and it's also now historic. Uh, so I think that the recent election was such a, you know, a breath of relief, I think, especially for a lot of people whose lives were um, sort of in a known territory because of um, the last four years. Um, for us, from a business perspective, obviously, the coffee industry was massively impacted with coffee shops can't open up, shut down. Um, so for us, we, um, as I mentioned, we used to serve offices in the Bay Area. So we had a huge uh, office business, which went away immediately because no one was going into the office. Uh, but again, like Joe said, it's a blessing in disguise because it really pushed us to do direct to consumer, uh, which was mm. which is a beast of its own. But it's once you start to do it, you start to love it, especially interacting directly with customers and you know, emailing with Catherine when customers like message me their thoughts or ask me questions. It's very, very fulfilling. So that was for me going transitioning from sort of more B2B and doing more direct to consumer, which, um, you know, has as now with the Black Lives Matter movement and sort of people really um, looking to support brands that, you know, share values with them. So it's been really interesting time for us, I think, to be an outspoken um, activist for a lot of these issues and very, very, like, refreshing. So 2020 is, is a very mixed year for me, but I think it's going to mm. end on a good note. I sure hope so. And I think for all three of us, I do have a good feeling it's going to continue trending upwards. I think my biggest takeaway from this is that an entrepreneur is so much more about the spirit that you have. There's so many ways in which you can be an entrepreneur. And so I think my takeaway with that is also the dedication that you have to prepare yourself to have in being an entrepreneur. It's amazing. And so I really implore you, if you have even an ounce of yourself that wants to explore being an entrepreneur, you don't have to go full-time. Josh didn't go full-time for two and a half years. You don't have to have a groundbreaking idea. Uh, You can simply find something you're passionate about and see if there's a business in that. Um, and, and that's really my takeaway. Uh, and I hope you like this. Ep- I really, I really love this episode. I thought it was an amazing time. Thank you, Maggie. Thank you, Josh, both of you for your insight and sharing your experiences with this. I want to point out before we get into my favorite part of the show, both gifts, both Kahawa 1893 coffee and Beat Kicks, whether it's the headphone protectors, the AirPods covers, the headbands or the towels or the masks, 
our incredible holiday guests. We're going to the holidays right now, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you guys get you get get your man's or your woman's or your or your person some headphone covers and some coffee, and I can guarantee you they're gonna smile. You're gonna have a great holiday. It's gonna be incredible. That being said, it is time for the shameless, not so shameless promo. Basically, I just give you guys each time just to plug everything you want. You don't, I, I, I'm already buying it, so you don't have to sell me on it, but it's time for you to just sell it to the listeners. Maggie, hit us with some not so shameless promo. I mean, I think that we have the best coffee in the world. Um, <laughs> seriously, I think that, you know, you should check it out. Um, it's, I sometimes wonder, you know, I, I feel bad for people that haven't discovered it yet. <laughs> <laughs> that should be your slogan that should be your slogan if you haven't tried it i feel bad for you <laughs> Holly 1893 yeah. oh, i love that josh hit us with some not so shameless promo listen so most people listen to music and and you know and everybody likes to customize things we're all trying to match things right i mean if whether you're trying to protect your headphones they're good for that but also just to match something we have multiple designs uh, we also have a customization aspect now where you can go in and make your own, not only covers, you can make your towels, you can make headbands. So yeah, I mean, we're here for you. We protect you. We got you covered. Oh my gosh. You guys are just professionals. Check this out. If you like music, if you like big teeth, if you like Polynesian men <laughs> and you like an iHeartRadio podcast, let's get into it as the podcast for you. Um... You guys already know where you can follow me. Uh, you can follow me at Alex Iono on all platforms. Kahawa1893, do you guys have an Instagram or a, or a social media platform? Yeah, yeah. And it is? It's at Kahawa1893. At Kahawa1893. Josh, you got, a, you got a social media platform for Beat Kicks? Yeah, Instagram, beat.kicks. Beat.kicks. Alex, A-I-O-N-O. -O. You can find and follow all three of us. But more importantly than me following me on Instagram, make sure you follow Kahawa1893 and follow beat.kicks uh, on Instagram. You can also rate our podcast and subscribe. It's the it's the way that we grow. And you can give us a nice review, especially after this episode. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. I, I love you guys so much. And we'll see you next time. Peace. We really want you to get the help you need. So if you need help, please seek independent advice from a competent healthcare or mental health professional. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the podcast author or individuals participating in the podcast and do not represent the opinions of iHeartMedia or its employees. This podcast should not be used as medical advice, mental health advice, counseling, or therapy. Listening to the podcast does not establish doctor-patient relationship with hosts or guests of Alex Iono, Let's Get Into It, or iHeartMedia. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Oof, that's a doozy. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. 
Exclusions apply. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.